Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're coming to you live from our at-home basement studio. Proud to announce that with your help, we are Budget Travel's cruise, best cruisers. Whatever <laughs> it is we are. know what she is. Whatever it is we are, we won. <laughs> and we thank you very much for your votes. Because the podcast nation comes through. Because you helped to put us over the top, I'm sure. And we will try not to bother you with such trivial it matters was, again. It was a pain in the neck that we could only vote once a day. And every so often. I wanted to vote so much more often. <laughs> and every so often they would change their website and then people would have trouble voting at all. And we'd get all these emails about why can't I vote? And we didn't know why we couldn't dee, vote dee, either. Dee, 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 dee. And the latest news is we there is know. no news. We don't know. We know we <laughs> Will won. there be a prize attached to we this We don't know where we're going line. or when we're going or what it's all about. But we're glad we won. Yes. It will be a feather in our cap, even though, as we've said, we don't know exactly why we got it. Even though you're our viewers, we do appreciate your voting on this important issue. <laughs> And I do think it was all of our listeners oh, who really helped us through. A big help. Because uh, in the last few weeks, we have been uh, 10 points ahead, and it just kind of stayed there. So when the point when our the point spread went down, they voted. You came through for us. Came through for us in flying fashion. So now shall we turn well, to more important RV matters? Well, it's coming up to the 4th of July here, and... It's going to be 100 degrees in Chicago on the 1st of July. Yuck. I don't think you'll get much sympathy. It's been 100 degrees in a lot of places in our country. When we won't be in the RV. We won't be at a campground near you because in our geezer state, we try to hunker down and stay out of y'all's way when you are having major holidays. That's not the only reason. The RV isn't even here. We couldn't go anyplace even if we wanted to. It's still in Elkhart. Oh, yes. Well, as you know from last month's podcast or last time's podcast, um, we dropped <laughs> our, our favorite city. we dropped our RV off on our way back from Spartan in Michigan to have a f- new floor replacement, which was a what I thought was simply a cosmetic. It ended up not being just cosmetic. We have carpeting from the outdoor floor into the kitchen, and it was sun faded and didn't match the rest of the carpeting. And despite our efforts to take our shoes off, it kept getting dirtier and dirtier. And and it was kind of unsightly. So we took the RV there to have the carpeting taken out and the floor replaced. And there are so many choices about what to do. We were really kind of up in the air about how to make this happen. And if we were um, more highly skilled, we would have taken this project <laughs> on ourselves. I know. But so. we know what we don't know. And we we paid a lot of money and we're glad that we did because we couldn't have done it ourselves. And, of course, you want to look at the pictures on our website because that will give you the idea of what exactly happened to our our fabulous carpeting. And in the course of the installation, the installer found um, a place where water had been seeping into our coach, making carpeting moldy and oh. accounting for the um, ever-present leak we've had in our front bay where all our fuse switches are. So that added just a bit to the finished 
price, but we are very glad that he discovered it and could fix the cracked pan that was causing this leak. Got a cracked <laughs> wallet is what I've got. <laughs> oh, my. So, so as with many home improvement projects, things always cost more than you expect them to, but um, they did a good job, and they fixed our slide toppers and, we hope we're and our be, toilet. We and hope we're going to be happy with it, I'll tell you. You know, they... You, do you want a floating floor or do you want a fixed floor? Do you want real wood or do you want pergo type of thing? Do you want, you know, just a lot of choices. And do you need to replace the slide rollers from the ones that go over carpeting to the ones that go over a hard surface? Ah, uh, yes. So, and do you need Teflon runners to go over those rollers when it's rolling back and forth on your floor? So, Many questions remain unanswered. So, <laughs> stay tuned. We're going to give you our first-hand uh, impression as time goes on here. So our floor is glued down to the original floor after they took out the carpeting and we did go with a very hard laminate um, wood looking but not real wood because they say that real wood is not good for the inside of your RV because real wood needs to breathe and it's not hard enough for the rollers well, causing damage and do we need strips to go under our rollers we don't know we don't know will it scratch we hope not one thing it is it's slippery when it's wet <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And but, that wasn't all. We had even more money to spend. Uh, <laughs> last month we talked about the Amish refrigerator repair. Oh, we talked about fires. Well, we also talked about the Amish refrigerator repair solution in in regards to a fire because the biggest problem these days uh, with fires and danger in RVs, I think, is the refrigerator catching on fire. At least with we as we find out with the four-door model, we went to a repair place that actually bills new cooling units for the refrigerators rather than replacing the factory one they replace it with a new and better one they just start over and this was an amish gentleman who yes. did this who has great experience with propane refrigerators because the amish in indiana do not use electricity in their homes yes, and they this is amazing they do want refrigerators and propane <laughs> is the way that they cool their fruits and vegetables and milk so he I'm had had a rant he had a lot of experience with propane fridges, although it sounded like he was somewhat new to the RV game. Although, although they were able we, to very competently. Yeah, we were certainly not the first ones there, and his phone rang incessantly. Yes, this Amish gentleman had a phone. And he had, well, that's the rant, is, is that these Amish are very inconsistent. Well, he might have been a Mennonite. He might have been a Mennonite, but he looked like, well, I can't tell the difference. And this guy had a phone, he took credit cards for payment, and had electricity. And electricity in his workshop. Whereas the other, some of the others, we went to a furniture store and we're going to buy some chairs, but you had to pay with a check or cash, and you couldn't call the guy. He didn't have email, didn't know what a web page was. And then we went to Focal, which was the wood, the the guy who makes custom furniture for the inside of your RV. And he had a phone booth out at the end of his driveway because he couldn't have it. In he his had house. to leave messages on his answering machine. Uh, so if you're going to, we're Elkhart, not making sport of this. No, no, we just started are struggling to understand Sand. the rules. Yes, and we are happy to abide by the rules, but we don't quite know what they are. So the refrigerator guy, and the website is fixyourfridge.com. If you are looking to have your RV refrigerator fixed, uh, this guy is very good. And he rebuilds old units so that you can put in a rebuilt. And he only charged $25 an hour rather labor, than the $96 labor. an hour that the furniture... <laughs> That the floor replacement people charged. Oh, Forgive yes. me, I digress. 
<laughs> that's not a digression. That's an important factor. Yeah, and he thought I think that that, that was kind of high until I told him that we, that we just paid ninety. You shouldn't have told them. The next guy's <laughs> going to be paying a lot more. But anyway, he took five or six hours to replace our uh, cooling unit, and I think the thing that was most amazing to me is that his whole shop was filled with cooling units, dead from, bodies. <laughs> dead, well, <laughs> units from old refrigerators, a.k.a. dead bodies. It and, looked like a morgue. It really did. Yeah. And uh, it's obvious to us that uh, these refrigerators are not built to last. And if you take a look at the pictures, and if they leak and you are using and you're heating all this stuff and the, the, coolant, the fluid leaks out, you can have a serious fire. And... Our unit has always, as we've mentioned before, our cooler refrigerator has worked very well. But the thing we learned was is that Dometic and Norcold, and they're both guilty of this, when they built the four-door refrigerators, they went from about 6 cubic feet to 12 cubic feet. They used the same cooling unit on the back. So they're asking all those little tubes to do twice as much work. No wonder they fail. Even though it keeps your refrigerator, it might keep your your refrigerator cool. It's well, working its butt off. Well, it gets, the unit itself gets too hot, and when it gets hot, it starts to fail. And so that... The problem is with the four-door units, which a lot of people want because it's got a nice big refrigerator, and that even the brand new ones are still made the old crummy way. So what this guy does is they have a factory which builds cooling units which are about twice the size, physically sized and cooling capacity size, of the old one. So even though ours had not failed, when he pulled it out, we could see some damage to ours. And a fellow RVer who had a fridge that was on the fritz um, bought a renovated one of the old model. Um, When they pulled his out, it looked like it had been burned to a cinder. You could see why it wasn't working And although he hadn't had a fire, his his coolant had leaked out. It depends on where it starts to leak exactly and what's happening at the time that the stuff leaks out, whether or not you are going to... (laughs) incinerate your RV. And this is impossible to check on your own. You have to pull the fridge out from the wall. Yeah, Yeah. to replace this, you have to pull the refrigerator out from from its hole in the wall, set it on the floor, and replace the whole cooling unit. You can't get up in there and clean it and stuff. So there's nothing for you to do. And the other issue that he mentioned to us... I hate to be so negative on our podcast two months in a row. Well, we want people to know. Okay. The the other thing that was surprising was that the manufacturers do not extend their warranty to units on slide-outs, which is very interesting because the slide-outs don't have proper ventilation at all. Ours is kind of like a chimney. So you have the heating unit at the bottom with the propane, and then it goes up through the cooling stuff. Does anybody understand how these refrigerators work? Not really, and I was there looking at them and get coolness. And he explained it to us two or three times. Anyway, so you heat it at the bottom, and the heat goes up, and ours acts like a chimney because we have a vent on the roof, and so you get nice airflow through there, and you have these fans, which help it also. And he said that the ones that are on slide 
slides, of course, the they can't have a chimney because you can't have anything in the in the ceiling of a of a slide. Therefore, they have to have it vented out the side, and it's never in the right place. It's frequently not even high enough to be at the top of the refrigeration unit. Because I didn't realize that there were fins at the very very top of the refrigeration unit. You can't see them. You not only can't you see them, didn't even know they were there, and those need to be cooled. And if the vent to the outside is below those fins, in other words, below the top of your refrigerator. The heat gets stuck. The heat gets stuck on the top. That's a lot of detail. But take a look at the pictures that we have on our website. The pictures of the two units side by side, and you can see the difference in size and see the damage uh, that was caused just from age. And these units just plain don't last more than six or seven years, especially the ones in the four-door, because they're being asked to do more than they can handle. So we had the fridge reinstalled, and it was working nicely when we left um, Ship Shawana, which is a suburb of Elkhart. (laughs) Um, What a great... Drove through beautiful countryside with lush farms and people getting pulled around in buggies and people plowing fields with horses. Yeah. It was like... If you've got to be stuck someplace for a couple days... It was like a Rockwell picture. The area of Indiana is really a very interesting place to visit. And the people there have a very special culture, which needs to be appreciated. And they try to maintain uh, an earlier simpler lifestyle very americana the houses are very well maintained and and uh, beautiful gardens yeah and you just drive through the countryside which we had a chance to do because we had a couple days to do nothing and and the last few summers the towns have um, an amish quilt garden uh, Ah. display each town displays um, a square that they've planted all sorts of colorful flowers in that when you look at it from a, a bit on high look like a quilt pattern and they put out maps where you can drive from town to town and admire all the garden quilts very attractive so it would have been nice to leave the area but there's still this little in in our engine which has been diagnosed but not yet repaired so we look forward to going back to elkhart again next week after fourth of july and we will be visiting once again so if you'll be there please let us know and we will stop in and see you and if you'd like to send some contributions (laughs) to the wiseman rv Navigator Navigator repair fund we will be glad to accept those also ka-ching ka-ching yeah well it only takes money but well we hope to get it all fixed up for our big trip to alaska the guy we met in in the way waiting room said if you're going to play you have to pay so there we are and we're playing it we are playing yes but hopefully this will be it but some of the stuff was our own and you know at the refrigerator i think it was just a safety thing I it feel would much make better me feel better it plus it'll cool in all sorts of weather without any problems and, and you're not taxing it and i can remember a refrigerator repair we had to make in the middle of a trip which delayed the trip and we lost all our food and it's much better if you can do it in a planned sort of way so since we had some time to kill while we were getting all these exciting things done uh we revisited visited the Numar um, <laughs> factory tour factory tour and you might recall a few months ago we reported on our tour of Tiffin and this found the Numar tour yeah, it was like a totally different experience. A totally different experience from many, many perspectives. Of course, if you're in the Elkhart area, you want to go on tours of the t- RV factories. And uh, even now, they're still offering uh, tours. Uh, the, I guess the economy is recovering, and, and the factory tours are back in gear. Uh, some friends of ours were going out to Winnebago to do the factory tour there, but we haven't done that one. But we have done most of the ones in Elkhart, but uh, we decided to redo the Newmar one as long as we had 
had a little bit of time. They offer tours twice a day. And whereas in the Tiffin factory, they let us crawl all over the place and yes. take pictures of everything. At Newmar, we had to put our cameras away, and they were only building three units a day versus the 20-some that we saw at Tiffin. Yes. And by the time we got on our tour, at one o'clock, at one o'clock, everybody had gone home because they had done whatever it was they were supposed to be doing on their three units of but the day. But the tour was started off by the president of Numar, and Numar is a—I guess it is a lot like Tiffin in that family it is a family-owned business, and they uh, they attribute that to their success in keeping the business open. He said that Numar is still uh, money-making, and that they have weathered the storm and see good things in the future even though their sales are obviously way down they can make 15 or 20 a day and they're making only three units a day and it's it's interesting the units that they're making and this was verified by our trip through the tour they were making very high-end units the essex and the high-end mountaineers and then the thrifty ones thrifty ones and so they don't make much in between like our dutch star because i guess rich people say hey what the hell going to buy it now regardless and then there's a few entry level people are trying to get started in RVing and they squeezing are the pennies. They're squeezing the pennies and so they're getting in with the with the lower end gas models which is something Newmar still makes. So it was interesting to talk to the president of the company and and to hear th- that Newmar is still successful. But Newmar is only I was surprised only about one third the size of Tiffin. And they're not making nearly the number of coaches that Tiffin is on any given day. So, you know, three a day. And so they they lay off after (laughs) a few hours in the morning, and then I guess everybody goes home. I'm not sure what that does to their paychecks, but it can't be good. And he talked a lot about R&D. I think they're trying Mm -hmm. to stay ahead of the curve in terms of developments and things to make RVs appealing to um, more people and new people. Although I think the Tiffin was much more advanced in that regard they've come out with new models but it's expensive to do that so one of the other things no pictures whereas tiffin they said you know talk to the people on the assembly line and they were busy and we got in their way and they didn't seem to care (laughs) they would stop and chat with you we wanted to take a look at some of the newer models and at tiffin anything that was being delivered and it was in the finished lot they would you could walk into anytime and look at the at the ones that were on delivery whereas numar was very hesitant to let you look in any of the models. Then they didn't have any like demonstrators there for you to look at. And Numar only makes product as it is ordered, either by an individual or by a dealer. So the only way you can go there and take pictures is if it's your rig <laughs> right. that they're making. Then they let you, which yeah. would be very interesting. Yeah, uh, you could have to go there every day, I guess, and take pictures of it coming down the line. It takes about five days for it to be for a top to end one. So, so, and what always especially impresses me is the wiring harnesses. They said they use from three <laughs> to five miles of wire, and it was easy to believe. Oh, and wires, all you know, before they put the skin on it, there's just wires all over the place. It's hard to believe that they can keep track of them. Yeah, uh, I, get, I get so annoyed when something doesn't work properly, but you, it's so complex. It's amazing it works 
helps at all. And of course, now they're not using the Spartan chassis, which we saw built last month. They're using Freightliners, so uh, a whole different company and different sets of problems with those. But he really talked uh, very positively about the Comfort Drive. And the Comfort Drive is a driving uh, assist, kind of like power steering, which keeps your coach driving uh, smoothly on the road and in the middle of the road, uh, well, in the middle of your lane. And it adjusts for things like uh, the crown in the road so that your coach doesn't kind of drift off to the right as a result of uh, the road having a crown in it. So. I haven't driven one of those, but I'd like to. That sounds like I don't think fun. I would like you to because you'll like it too much. Ah, I'm not ka-ching, more kaching kaching. <laughs> <laughs> Investing in the old one and then buying a new one makes no sense. Makes no sense. And I'm content. So, are we done with our Elkhart report? I guess so. Well, I wanted to talk about um, a wonderful email we got from Tommy and Deborah. Um, very positive. And they, of course, live podcast in listeners Napa, from California. Napa. I live in Vacationville. They describe themselves as pre-retired, which is a term <laughs> that I really love, and and are doing Easers a, a number training. of lengthy trips. Uh, good for them. And they recommended some apps to yes. us because they said they en- enjoy planning for a trip as much as the trip itself and i would agree with that so one of them that they recommended let's see they use them on their iphone and their ipad uh, one is called uh-huh. trip doc a great place to store the cities and towns we plan to visit that one i haven't heard of or stay in and you can add places of interest this doc uh, this app eliminates printing out gobs of paperwork as it's right on my phone yeah. so that's very cool although we've been using TripIt, and they as pet owners also recommend an app called dog park which we also have no experience with because <laughs> with two Jack Russell's daily walks just aren't enough to burn off their a natural lot of energy. Our have animals, so they always look for a local fenced dog park where they can run to their heart's content. And then she mentions Yelp, which we mm-hmm. enjoy as well. For finding things around where you are, great places to grab a meal en route paired with the Triple D app. And we thank um, D- Tommy and Deborah for passing these on to us. But those aren't the only apps. I think we're going to call this the App Show because we. We have uh, actually some other new apps. Apps, of course, are available on your smartphone, either Android or iPad, usually, although they have two different uh, operating systems. Uh, most of the time, the developers of apps make them for both. The ones we're interested in, in, of course, are the ones for the iPad and the iPhone, for the iOS, shall we say. And we're anxiously looking forward to a new version of the iOS. Anyway... Uh, another one that we found is called Camp Finder. You know, as you're traveling down the road, and you're and we don't make reservations far in advance. We prefer not to. We prefer not to. So we often are looking for our for camping spots as we travel. Two miles, do- two hours down the road, we start looking. And we've always liked RV Park Reviews, but it is not an app. So this new one is called Camp Finder, and it's a new iPhone app from CampingRoadTrip.com. It gives you a simple way to search for. Camp- campgrounds and RV parks and discover the perfect place to stay. That's one, and I think the RV uh, industry is getting out there and making some new apps, and so a second one is called 2011 RV Parks Directory. With over 17,382 quality RV parks listed, and they claim uh, in the, the directory itself the app is free. 
Both RVers and campers can use the Camp Finder iOS app to access the most up-to-date information on 14,000 campgrounds and RV parks across the U.S. Users will be able to search RV parks and campgrounds by city, name, and even by their current location. We bought an iPad 2 the other day for Martha's birthday, and... I have to say that the iPad is great for traveling and great for older users because of the ability to change the size of the lettering on the screen instantaneously. In its simplicity. In its simplicity. I've been doing a couple of workshops where I teach people how to use the iPad, and it is amazing how excited people get about this new device because you don't have to have those computer skills that you've had in the past. You don't have to know how to boot the system. You don't have to know how to put software on it. You don't have to know how to put licenses in. You don't have to buy licenses. You don't have to uh, keyboard issues. Those there are only F two keys. buttons. There are only two buttons on it. Um, and if you're looking for a really nice traveling computer, and this is a computer. I don't want to say that it's not, uh, it's not anything just a reader. Less. It's not just a reader. You might want to take a look at the iPad, especially the iPad 2. And how have you used it? Mostly as a reader. <laughs> But that's cool. But I just got it. Yes, but you use you can read all of your Kindle books. You can do Audible magazines. Magazines. You can do as well as web and email, which is what most people want to do. Research connects up to Wi-Fi without a problem. We've used it in a number of uh, Wi-Fi facilities while we while we have been traveling, and it's just a very pleasant device to read on. And the ability to change the font so that you can see the stuff on the screen, for those of us with somewhat older eyes, is an important factor. So I'll report more on mine in six months after I've had a chance to you use it. Have to wait more. six months before well, you know if you like it? No, whether I know or all the Then I'll have a new one and I'll be reporting on mine. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking. We to won't want to hear your report. <laughs> I'm talking to the normal people out there. But they were going to want to hear about the latest and the greatest, and now you have the latest and the greatest, so you should be talking about it. But if I tell them that it's easy and they can do it, they will believe me, because if I can it's do it, they can do it. What? She cuts me to the quick. I don't talk to the common man. Not any common <laughs> men that I know. <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> oh my! We're, we're going to include a link. I have to find this out on the on the podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. We're going to include a link uh, to an interesting article that talks about camping: a simple pleasure or simply expensive. Ooh, uh, that that got my attention. The, the title is somewhat expensive. misleading, I think, because yes. what, what she's really talking about is the difference between camping and RVing, uh, and the idea of getting it away, getting away from it all, and being in a tent and under the stars and no technology. And this is our controversial topic for this episode. <gasps> we want to hear from our our listeners. Whether you camp or you RV. Well, yes. Is camping RVing, or is RVing camping, and or is there a difference between the two? Are you uh, trying to get away from it all, or are you trying to bring it all with you? Oh, good, good, yes. Which do you do? Are you a camper, or are you an RVer? And you're probably adamant about whichever one you do. This person wants to be a camper, camper. get away from all the technology. Can you imagine that? She probably doesn't have an iPad. And sit for hours staring aimlessly into a campfire and play cards with her kids. And use it as a family get-together right, experience. Right. So we're going to put the link up about this, and we'd like to hear from you as to what you think is the real-life story from your perspective. 
And now we have to move into technology, huh? Okay, I'll take a rest. <laughs> She's going to go to the pool. She's anxiously waiting to go to the pool. But she has to wait because she wants to know about long-range Wi-Fi. Well, if it would help me to have Wi-Fi when I'm out or in the boonies, would it help me with that? Of course. All that's right. exactly and I what would this like is. to know. So this is a new product. In actuality, it's made for the marine market, but that's okay because we have a lot in common with them. And the marine market... Uh, needs waterproof Wi-Fi extenders because out in the middle of the ocean, you could bet. No, even on near shore, you're not really that close to Wi-Fi, and it's not like us where we can drive up to McDonald's, the McDonald's or someplace and get you know get the Wi-Fi connection. If you don't have Wi-Fi out there, you need an amplifier, which will get you much more uh, distance on the Wi-Fi. And so this is a system which is nice because it's just all in one in a box. It's got a little antenna that sticks on the roof, and it's very uh, heavy-duty and made for boating so that it's got to be waterproof and salt-resistant and all that sort of stuff. It's called Wire AP. Anyway, I'm going to create a link. It's uh, The link is... Uh, thewire.com. Thewire.com. So this is a, what to me looks like a new product, and it might be the answer for some RVers, although I haven't actually personally used it. And then... We wanted to talk to you a little bit about Airstreams. Um, Airstream is a design of RV that I've always admired because I have kind yes. of Danish modern well, tastes, but they've really struggled. And they've been around for... And they've lasted. Yeah, they've lasted. But they've really struggled because they didn't have slide-outs the way um, other RVs did, and people found them kind of confining, and the modern persona that they had didn't match with the actual experience. But now they've come out with a... 2012 International Signature 30-foot trailer that is ultra-modern. Oh. Uh, we're going to put Sleek. a clip to a little video um, on the website that shows you uh, the very metal, sleek... Well, that's on the outside, but on the inside. Interior. Yes. The modern, you know, the kind of uh, blondish wood and metal and chrome and all that sort of stuff. And it's appealing to us, but I'm not going to move into an Airstream. Because we don't have colonial tastes. Yeah, which is what most of the stuff that we see is. Which RVs tend to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look at the video and see if you like it. And we've talked uh, quite a number of times about the road trek. Uh, you know, those are the, the nice Class Bs. And I noticed that uh, Winnebago has come out with a competitor to the road trek, and they mentioned that it's substantially less expensive. But it's the Class B type of van that's on the Mercedes chassis. And it uses smart space technology, which is uh, including all the stuff in clever little places on the on the RV, and it uh, looks like a very nice and sleek unit um, called the Winnebago Era, with of course the Mercedes diesel, and uh, we like diesels anyway, so that's it might be something that you'd like to take a look at uh, if you're looking for a new RV. And if you're thinking about perhaps uh, full-timing or retiring to an RV, uh, we're also going to include a link to a new ebook that's come out called Retire to an RV, The Roadmap to Affordable RV Retirement. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's written, Maybe we should read this before we... Well, we don't want a full-time, and we already are retired. But for people that are, have some tips that are thinking about this, um, the authors have a combined uh, experience of 17 years on the road, have written other books as What's well. What's our experience on the road? Uh, I hate to think of 40 it. years. 
Um, and, should write a book. And in addition to their own experiences, they've interviewed 41 solo and RV couples uh-huh. who have contributed their experiences as well. And their book is split into three sections. No, no, no. It has a bunch of chapters. I just printed out three. Is the RV lifestyle for me? Um, how do I make the decision to live in an RV or retire to an RV? And how do I get started? And then it has all sorts of other chapters about getting email and finances and all that sort the of stuff. The nuts and bolts stuff. The nuts and bolts stuff. But if you're looking at uh, someday retiring to an RV, this might be a good book for you to use as a reference because it gives you the latest information. And it's obviously been written since the crash of the stock market and things so that money is, uh, is taken into account. The current money situation current is taken money situation into account. Because I know many people who have thought about uh, full-timing are having qualms when it comes to selling their home and finding that they can't get the price that they would have gotten a few years ago, which makes the RV that they were thinking about buying unaffordable, and they kind of get stuck. Sad times we live in. Indeed. So hopefully by the time uh, the 15th of July comes around, we will be cruising courtesy of Budget Travel. We'll see. We will see. And without further ado, we will say hopefully we will be camping at a campground near you and be able to chat with you firsthand. And we have done that with uh, some of our listeners just this past month. And we want to invite you to send some emails to us at navigator at rvnavigator.com and visit the old website, rvnavigator.com, and send us some email. And give us some ideas for future program topics that you would like us to discuss. Indeed. And now it's time to go off to the pool. At last. At last. So, goodbye. That's it? That's it. We end with a fizzle? We end with a fizzle. <laughs>